I'm John Alderson, and this, this is SEO in 2024. Jono, Jono, what is your number one SEO tip for 2024? Uh, my number one tip is a scary one. It's to start worrying about what happens when Google has no incentive to crawl or index or rank your site. So are you in trouble if your whole content strategy and your entire business model is dependent upon getting indexed? Are you saying that SEO cannot be your marketing strategy? I think it should definitely be something you should think about, right? So I should have almost everybody to some degree relies on some form of content marketing, whether we call that, call it that or not. We do marketing keyword research. We try and spot opportunities. And then we build landing pages or we write articles or we have a blog. And the objective of all of those things is to try and boost our rankings, get traffic and convert visitors. But that whole ecosystem is built on the assumption that people are, search, people are typing things into a search box and that we can access some kind of search volume metrics for that, which increasingly isn't true when you look at things like search generative experience and AI generated content and Google Discover and this kind of ambient search revolution where it's not as simple as type the thing, get the results. And then also we still assume that Google is incentivized to spend their resources on trying to discover our content, indexing it, evaluating it, ranking it, and returning it in some kind of list. But that's not in their interest anymore because increasingly many of the types of things we're searching for, they don't need to be evaluating our content and serving it. They can synthesize their own results. They can use SGE or something similar. They understand the kind of inherent problems well enough to be able to solve it without relying on our content, which we've, had, we've seen the beginnings of with like zero-click searches for a while now where the balance of power has changed. But this is really the conclusion of the whole first chapter of the internet, I think, where Google relying on websites as sources for answers is no longer necessarily the case. So then if we're still all pulling along going, I will research my keywords, I will rank my landing page, I will commission my article. All of the dominoes that would have followed from that around indexing, crawling, ranking, et cetera, no longer exist. So we need to really rethink what is content marketing? What is content strategy? What is my SEO? And it's probably not about trying to write pages to rank keywords. It's probably more about brand discovery and preference and trying to convert people in other channels when you've built those relationships, maybe. The end of the first chapter of the internet. Dun, dun, dun. That, that might be, might be a bit of an over. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Tune in next time for, yes, I, I, I love it. It could be made into a movie as well, yes. Um, so how nice. do you incentivize Google to want to rank your content? You touched on brand there. You touched on adding more value to your content apart from just trying to rank for certain keywords. But how do you actually do it in practice? What does that form of content look like? Yeah, and this is the hard bit, right? Because I don't think anybody really knows, but there are some areas you can go to. So you can definitely try and work on bringing unique value to a space. Do something which no one has done before, go deeper, go better, commission the research, employ the experts. None of this is easy or cheap. Um, and in some spaces, it might not even be possible, but this is one of the options. Um, but then also don't be too unique and too, too, too kind of out there because misalignment from established norms might mean that you do worse than you might otherwise. You can definitely be polarizing. I think that's interesting. I think for a long time, it's been trendy to say that brands need to become publishers. 
And we kind of misconstrued that as we should have a blog or we should commission some articles. Actually, when you look at real publishers and real editorial outlets and newspapers, they do research, they go in the field, they form opinions, they have editorial policies. We do those kinds of things as brands. Then maybe we get in front of people, not necessarily when they type in renew car insurance, but maybe when there are other journeys or searching for other things or solving other problems. And we start to build brand preference and association there. I think it's cliche and it's tedious, but the answer does seem to keep coming back to be the kinds of brand that users would expect to see and consume information from and trust in those experiences, which does come down to all the EEAT stuff, all the demonstrating substantial experience stuff. I guess tactically, you can cheat a bit. You can compete in other verticals where it's easier at the moment. You could double down on e-commerce, double down on on video, audio areas where there's less competition and it's maybe more expensive for Google to synthesize content. Might buy you another year or two, but it's not the long game, I don't think. It's all about brand. So if Google has decided not to index your content, do you give up with that URL? Do you, do, do you bin it and then just, just publish other pages in the future? Or is it possible to actually get them to change their mind? Interesting. I've seen anecdotally a whole bunch of, um, this is always the case, but I see more and more of it, people grumbling on Twitter or X or threads or whatever that, oh, I've got, I've got some good content. I've got some links. Google isn't indexing it. Why not? Is it some kind of mysterious technical problem? And it turns out that, no, it's probably not. It's just that even if it is good, it's probably not valuable or unique or distinct enough for Google to want to expend resources to put it in their index. I keep coming back to this example of lasagna recipes. It's a bit of a weird one, but if you, like, what is Google's incentive to index the lasagna recipe that you publish on your site or your blog? Like, they have a hundred trillion of them. And even if somebody searches for some kind of weird lasagna recipe that doesn't exist, they, they can synthesize it on the fly. So really, if you've got pages that aren't getting indexed and you think that they're good and you think that you've done SEO best practice, yeah, maybe, but maybe you're still not fundamentally solving a problem that either the users have or that Google has. Remember that if like the objective is feed the beast here, if you're trying to feed it content that it doesn't need, it doesn't matter how much more work you put on that page. So yeah, maybe you delete them. Dash is more. Find the stuff where you can make an impact and make it 10 times longer, 10 times better, 10 times shorter. Fit, add video, employ some experts, et cetera. Double down on the stuff where Google can't just easily synthesize stuff out of thin air based on the stuff. So if that's the kind of content you're writing, you're probably not adding value to the web. Google, there was a, a tweet, I think, from Gary a while ago with a concept. What was it? And something about adding demonstrable value or something, which I thought quite nice. What to find that at some point? But yeah, it's a really nice idea. Your pages have to truly add some value to the corpus of the internet in the same way that you might if you're researching a paper. So yeah, that's the way to think. I remember you talking about lasagna recipes from last year's SEO in 2023. Funnily enough, because I used to use use that specific example in delivering SEO training. I asked people, how do you spell lasagna? And oh, it's your fault that I keep hitting this. Possibly, <laughs> possibly, because the, the answer that I had was, because obviously you could spend it with, with an A in the end or an E in the end. And, and But my answer was, well, it's whatever has the highest search volume. But that <laughs> what wasn't, wasn't the case after a while, because Google got clever enough to actually know what you were searching for anyway. So it delivered the results depending on however you actually spelt it so it didn't actually matter um but um (laughs) going back to what you were saying about valuable unique or distinctive so that's a lovely way to describe content but is there a way that you can easily measure that is there a, a score is there some kind of analysis that you can do in a piece of content to measure those descriptive words 
not directly, and this is where it gets tricky, right? Because you're not going to build a business case for this. It's going to get buy-in when you could just as easily show a list of keywords, search volumes, and CPCs. I think if you do the big shift and you stop writing pages that try to map the keywords, and instead you start writing pages that try to solve specific user problems without kind of sell or convert directly, et cetera, you start prioritizing the needs of the audience rather than just your customers. Yeah, you can't monetize it. And you can't quantify the impact on the bottom line, but you could do stuff like measuring brand recall and saliency. You could do traditional surveying mechanisms to say, which of these logos do you recognize? You could put little voting widgets on the bottom of your articles and resources that say, was this page useful? And you can monitor upticks in that time and you can vaguely maybe correlate that to engagement and vaguely maybe correlate engagement to revenue. It's going to be much harder than like this simplistic machine where you get a number of ranking and a number of visitors in and a number of visitors out. That's never been how this works. It's like, it's been a, a, a big con that we've pretended that this is a direct response ecosystem when SEO has only ever really, I think, accidentally been a channel that converts. It's so much more powerful as a channel that introduces brands, that helps people to trust them, to become familiar with them. And then you convert in your other channels when you're solving people's problems, they're recommending you, they recognize your logo when they see you in the supermarket. This is where SEO is far more powerful than other channels, but we've become so focused on the bits that are measurable. I think, yeah, maybe maybe measurement isn't the bit we should be optimizing for. Maybe it's customer audience success and recognition. You can measure some of that. It's just harder. And is it still useful to look at what domains, what, what websites are ranking number one for your target keyword phrase and looking at the content, looking at the style of content, the type of content and taking lessons from that? Or is that simply an example of what's worked in the past, not necessarily what's going to work in the future? <laughs> a bit of both. Yeah, that's such a great question. It's, I think there's, there's two aspects of this. One is, and the SEO industry seems to have only recently rediscovered this, that looking at Google is one of the best pieces of research you can do because they have the best understanding of what might the intent be and what are the kinds of content that the user might want. And in some cases, that will be very obviously, show me the cheapest product and the fastest I can get it. But in some cases, it might be quite nuanced. It might be, here's a couple of videos, here's an informational resource, here's other bits. You're right, though, that all of that is the product of what are the SEO teams that those companies doing? And if they're all stuck in yesteryear's thinking and they're all trying to compete on keywords, then maybe you just end up aping their kind of bad behaviors. I think a bit of both is sensible. You look at Google search results to understand what are the types of things that Google truly understands, does a good job of understanding that people want, and then do better than the people in that space, which I guess has always been SEO, right? Ever since the first days, look at what's ranking in front of you. Do a better job than that. Yeah, great. Nothing changes. Something else that you talk about is operating in a space that's solved. What do you mean by that? And what do you do if that's the case? Yeah, I love this concept. I think, um, and the, the lasagna recipe is a really good example of this. The lasagna at a conceptual level is a solved problem. Google, whether or not they, for the sake of argument, Google comprehensively understands the concept of lasagna. It understands what it is. It understands all the types of things that might be in it, how you might cook it, where you might eat it, et cetera, et cetera. You are really going to struggle to create a piece of content that adds unique value to that space. Google has such a comprehensive understanding of that topic that they probably, even if you did, probably wouldn't need it because they can synthesize new information based on what they've got. So if you want to, a recipe for a blueberry lasagna, even if that doesn't exist, Google can take a strong enough punt of it with generative processes, with a bit of AI, and they can create that offline. 
there is no content strategy where you can write an article or a page or a recipe and rank on blueberry. Picked a really hard one, say blueberry lasagna. Um, and there are lots of spaces like this. And more practically, I guess every every car insurance website and aggregator on the web has a page about how to prevent your pipes freezing in winter. Because I've done a bunch of keyword research. They've seen that this is the kind of thing that people search for. They understand it's loosely in their sector. And they write a 500-word article that says the same thing as every damn other page. This is a solved query space. It's a solved problem. There is enough content out there that touches enough the angles that Google, having ingested it all enough, all of it, understands it well enough to be able to solve users' problems and synthesize answers in spaces that it hasn't encountered before. There is, there's no way into these spaces. And there's going to be more and more and more of these. Anywhere where there is either a simple binary answer, which is the case we have with zero-click searches today, or more increasingly, spaces where there's enough information on all the different permutations that it doesn't make sense to add another one. And this goes right back to the beginning. Obviously, your content strategy is spot keywords, white pages, get right to get perfect. All of that stops working because, again, Google has no incentive to go and consume your frozen pipe charts or your designing recipe. It's a solved problem. So you started off by talking about how your content marketing strategy could be in danger if Google doesn't index your content. Google is obviously the one that's making that decision, so you don't have complete control over that. Uh, how do you actually limit the potential danger? How else, uh, how, where else do you publish content? Um, how else do you, you utilise a, a content marketing strategy? Are there other channels apart from SEO that you can work with? Definitely, you could go all in on TikTok. Um, or whatever, or threads or X or whatever we're doing today. I think a more diverse content strategy that does some kind of hub and spoke thing is probably not the craziest idea. And spreading that gamble a bit if SEO is going to be harder and harder to, to do in the way we've done it, at least. I think there will always be a place for, you, you will need to have some content about the services you offer and the things you do, for sure. But increasingly, the kinds of hearts and minds content might make more sense on Instagram. And the hard sales stuff, maybe you just do via page search. I think... Definitely, SEO looks less and less like a channel that can and should convert. You can't attract and compete on that type of audience, at least not reliably. And Google, it's not in Google's interest to do that. Anything where there's a clear route to monetization and transaction, Google's going to try and do in the SERPs rather than funneling to your site. We see this happening in sector after sector where they take all of those kind of click to buy, flights, hotels, whatever, jobs, and they just escalate out. That's going to happen pretty much everywhere. It's a better user experience. It makes more sense for them strategically. So, yeah, I think. Um, Whilst I love SEO, and I think it is truly the best way to attract and influence and engage an audience on any axis, it's probably not where you want to be piling all of the money that you expect to turn into more customers. You're going to need a more diverse strategy. If an SEO is struggling for time, what should they stop doing right now so they can spend more time doing what you suggest in 2024? I'm going to get some hate for this, but I'm going to say digital PR. I think uh, as an entire category, Let's go to war. I think if you think that you need more links or better links to get better rankings, then you're operating way too far downstream because you probably have brand or quality or product market fit or budgeting or political problems. And those are the reasons that you think you need the links, but maybe it's hard to fix those, maybe you can't, but piling money again and again after campaign on campaign to keep your site yo-yoing in the search results doesn't feel like a smart long bet. And if actually you're trying to do this right and you think that you need PR in order to gain recognition and to build brands, et cetera, yeah, great, but do PR. 
don't do PR in order to get links from diverse domains. Like actually embrace it and do proper PR. Like some of the best SEO strategies I've seen are people running billboards and TV adverts because it changes how people search and what they type into Google and which brands they recognize. Like think about SEO as a more holistic thing. So yeah, let's um let's downplay the the focus on digital PR as a magic solution to it. Okay. So on X slash Twitter, listener, viewer, say Jono Alderson says, stop doing digital PR, do SEO instead. Is, is, is that a reasonable tweet to be yeah, saying? That will, that will cost me a lot of time to, um, to cheat. But yeah, I'll, I'll double down on that. I, I have seen digital PR done very well. I have seen it used very effectively. Tactically, I think that it is a very appealing sugar rush that people turn to instead of doing the hard work of earning rankings and brand recognition, et cetera. And they burn a lot more money renting that awareness over time than they do um, positioning themselves in a place where they would earn it themselves. It's not inherently evil. It just, it's lazy and it's, it's not a long play. Wow. Jono Alderson is an independent technical SEO consultant. You can find him over at jonoalderson.com. Jono, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2024. Thank you. Wonderful. I've been your host, David Bain. Get your copy of SEO in 2024, the book, over at seoin2024.com.